Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is July 14, 2022. That's crazy. And the title of our sermon is Free Will. As members, me and Paulie, as members of this body that come from and among you, we are so proud and excited to get in our discussion tonight. We're proud to continue worshiping with you tonight. We can feel our Father's approval on what has been taking place in the last few months, in the last few years, but we're, we're feeling it tangibly, the, the favor that God is putting on this body. Amen. We're getting to partner with him in a different way. We're getting to experience the kingdom in new ways in this place, and I can see joy on all your faces. Amen. Tonight, we're going to do something not different. We're going to do what we always do, but we're going to focus on it. We're going we're gonna to focus on this. Tonight, we're going to stay in an attitude of praise and thankfulness as we engage with the scripture. So y'all not just going to listen to us speak. We're going to glory in the goodness of God as we read the scripture together, and we're going to experience his face, his presence together as we glory in what we're doing. Amen. Amen. Do you commit to that? Yes. We're going to hold you to it. Yeah, tonight, we're not just yeah, recapping the sermon from Sunday. We're, we're recapping your actions. Yeah your response to that sermon. Look, we stand here proud to be a part of this body. We are members of this body. We're proud to be led by our pastors. We're proud to be led by our elders. Right. We're proud of their families and that we get to be a part of their family. And we are proud to have the opportunity to forego wealth and comfort in this world that we may obtain a better eternity. Somebody say hallelujah to that. Hallelujah. Sunday, we were given an opportunity. Sunday was an opportunity and a privilege to participate in the advancement of the work by sacrificial giving. But let's be honest. Let's ask you a question. Does anybody, and this is where you respond and where you engage with us. Does anybody feel like you lost anything on Sunday? No. I didn't think so. By the looks on your faces and the conversations that we've been having, I can't see loss. I can only see kingdom gains in LCM. I can only see the joy on your faces. I can only see the focus and the fire that God is putting you, putting in you as a result of being given the opportunity, the privilege to build on to the work. And I got to say hallelujah to that. Amen. We're going we're gonna to pick up here with the Apostle Paul expressing a sentiment to the churches that we believe is true of everybody here tonight. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to pick up in verse 15. Listen up, Trista. Say free will as you turn there. Huh? Come on now. Say free will like you got some free will. Verse 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. Now, when you hear credited to your account, what comes to mind? <laughs> uh, you know that I know that you know we're not talking about your local credit union or your Chase Bank accounts. All right. Praise God. We've never been more free of doing his will. Yeah, we're having some different kind of credit issues with yeah. those accounts. We're storing up credit in the right place. Yeah. No, we're talking about, our, about heaven's accounting of our life. Look, we're talking about what is being written down about what we're doing right now. The joy that we have in giving. Come you on. don't think that all of heaven is celebrating in what we're doing? We're participating as one body getting to do this. Look, we're expending our physical capital. We're expressing labors of love by the sweat of our brows and pouring out every spiritual gift that we've been given for the building up of this body and the collective body of Christ. You are showing that your value is not about your account status. No, this is about the account that we have in heaven with our Father. Verse 18, I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, 
an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. How glorious is it that we have an opportunity? I'm talking about a privilege to please God. A privilege to honor with sacrificial giving the work that he's called all of us to do. We're all shouldering and partnering in the load that God has given this body. We're partnering in the vision that he has given this body. And every man is getting up under that load. How awesome is it that in seemingly small ways, we get to please the God of heaven. Let's let's start on and think about that. You get to please the God of heaven by an act of obedience on this earth. Nothing in the world can replace that feeling. Nothing can give you that feeling. We spent years in the world searching for something, but what we really needed was to please God. And right now, in our day and time, by acts of obedience, by trusting him, we get to please the God of heaven in a way that the world could never feel. That's why we're not ashamed to give off. We're not ashamed to go broke because you know what the world can't do? It can't fill us with that feeling. It can't fill us with that truth that we get to please the God of heaven. Amen? We are thankful for the opportunity to participate with you in something like this. Our Heavenly Father is teaching us how to see the work completed with our very own hands. Amen. What we mean by this is that the, 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 the course of events that God took us to to get us to Sunday, to get us to Tuesday, we could not have planned that any better. Our pastors are anointed. They hear from the Lord, but we could not have planned that any better. The Lord has been teaching us and helping us to be pleasing to him. Church, he wants you to win. Amen. For starters, we're going to review what the Lord has been showing us this very week. Guys, when we got back together on Tuesday, we had an amazing foundations meeting. Yeah, we did. I walked in here stirred. I didn't realize how stirred I was going to walk out of here. <laughs> that was an amazing teaching. We're going to pick up in Ezra chapter 6 and verse 14 and read through 17. Say free will as you're turning there. Or you can just read the screen because it's up there. So the elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah, a descendant of Edo. Guys, we learned that the work at one point, it came to a standstill. It came to a halt. But due to the prophetic work of the prophets, it was back on track. Guys, from the prophets like Haggai and Zechariah to the priests and leaders like Zerubbabel and Jeshua to the elders, and now to all the people, the work was being completed, and everyone was throwing their shoulder into the work. What a beautiful sight. How awesome and amazing it is to see brothers live together in unity and work together as one, starting from the prophets to the, to the priest, to the elders, to the people, and everybody joining as one to complete the work. That is what we are commending you for from Sunday. Amen. Look, this is amazing. But if we put this passage into its proper context, it's even more amazing as we go to the next verse. They finished the, they finished building the temple according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, kings of Persia. The temple was completed on the third day of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Then the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. See, as we put this into context, these verses are about Israel. These verses are about what, what God gave them the work to do. But look at how it spread to the Gentile kings. Look at how it spread to all those who had cleansed themselves from the practices of their Gentile neighbors around them. Church, they completed the work under the command of God and the decrees of Gentile kings. And that's what the Lord is allowing us to do. He's allowing us, Gentile dogs, to participate in the work of building his kingdom. And that is amazing. We are not excluded from the work anymore. We are not without a a share in the load. The Lord is giving us the opportunity to sow into heaven and to reap heaven's benefits. Amen? Turn with us to Ephesians 2.11. Guys, this is an amazing uh, facet of God's kingdom that we get to join in the work. We're going to see here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, just how amazing that is. 
It says, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. Church, do you remember when you were separated from Christ? Yeah. You had no idea just how separated you were. Look, you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. What does that mean? You were alienated from the physical commonwealth, from physical citizenship of Israel. This isn't just spiritual. This is a physical commonwealth, a physical place, and we were alienated, separated. Church, we're well-groomed in this. We understand the promises that are, uh, that are made to Israel and that we get to partake, but we don't realize just how amazing it is that we get to be citizens with Israel in Israel. Are we doing it tonight, though? Look, we were strangers to the covenants of the promise, and we had no hope, and we were without God. This is what I'm talking about. We had no idea. We didn't realize just how far off we were. But now, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Guys, as previously stated, we were actually separated from the commonwealth and citizenship of Israel. We were literally separated from God and without hope. And literally, we were brought into the promises of Israel and we're able to now share with them we're granted the privilege of participating in the work in establishing shalom on earth. Come on. That is amazing. Once far off, now brought near. What we are doing, it did not start yesterday. It didn't start us. Come on. It didn't start one generation ago. It started even before God declared war on the serpent. It started from the very beginning. And what he is allowing us to do is to participate in the repairing of the world by forcefully advancing the kingdom, a.k.a. Takun Ha'olam. Let's talk about how special it is that this is happening. Now, we said we was going to slow down and we were going to praise in the service, and we are. Because if we meditate on that, we went from being lost in a dark and decrepit world and ourselves dying, wasting away, to being able to help prepare the world by, by forcefully advancing the kingdom. That is a special thing, and that is something that we are going to praise God about tonight. Yeah. And every day moving forward, we're going to not uh, lose sight of our high position in Christ, but we're going to praise God at the fact that we get to participate in the building of the kingdom, the repairing of the world in every way, with our finances, with the spiritual gifts that we have, with our labors. We get to put the world back together because he has brought us into the fold of his people, Amen. and that is worth giving them glory over. Amen. Say hallelujah. Church, we're going to go back to 2 Corinthians 8 as a base for tonight's uh, topic. We've been digging in this passage, and you know what? We got some more digging to do. Because it's unlocking something that is amazing for us. 2 Corinthians 8, starting in verse 1, says, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial." Their overflowing joy and extreme poverty. Poverty. Let's just think about that. Out of the most severe trial, they had overflowing joy, joy while being extremely poor. But it welled up in rich generosity. Church, that is not natural. Natural, regular people don't do that. Something supernatural was in them. And you know what? Something supernatural is in you. It welled up in rich generosity. Well, I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. Saints, as we continue on with 2 Corinthians 8, we're going to insert a couple of passages that we engaged with and interacted with that go right in hand with this. So we're going to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 14, and verse 7. Say free will as you turn there. Verse 7. And his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you heart and soul. Guys, what we recognize from this armor bearer, he doesn't have a name. We don't know what it is. He had a name, but we don't know what it is. He didn't need recognition. He didn't ask a question of, Okay, so what's your game plan here, Jonathan? 
how do you want to go about this? Should we go back and gather some more guys to do this? No, no questions asked. Do what's in your heart. I am with you, heart and soul. That's the attitude that we saw demonstrated in this body on Sunday. That is why we're up here commending you for it. Look, he was 100, 100% sold out for the cause of the kingdom. That is what we see in this body. You, church, are 100% sold out for the kingdom cause. You are kingdom-minded. Come on, 100. Y'all know the context of this verse. Everything about this situation was against them. There was nothing going in their favor. Extreme poverty. To how they got up the hill, to who they were facing, and the fact that they were far away from any type of backup, any type of uh, uh, soldiers coming around and aiding them in that work. But they knew what the will of God was, and they got to it. Amen. They were joined heart and soul. I love that I can look around this body and know that I am joined heart and soul with every member in this body. Guys, they were eager. They were willing and they participated in the work of God. They were ready to give their lives. Look, whether, uh, Jonathan said, whether the Lord is with us or not, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. But he can deliver by few. And they went and they did it. They were joined heart and soul, and they were eager to participate in the work of God. Yeah. You know by what this armor bearer and what Jonathan did, you know what they valued. Plenty of people can talk about the values they have the things that they find important, but you know what somebody values by what they do. And that's what these men did. They valued the, the, the defense and the kingdom of God on earth. They valued obeying the word of the Lord to them. And so God was with them. In Matthew 6, 19, we see this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Church, your eagerness and willingness to give of yourself sacrificially, it showed where your, where your treasure is. And what we had the opportunity to do on Sunday was evaluate, where is my treasure? What are the things that I value? And you know what? We made the right decisions. You got to make the right decisions on what you're actually putting your life in, what you're actually putting your hope in. And it's not the things of this world. It's not the car you drive. It's not the house that you live in. It is the eternal kingdom of God that does not fade away. And we are commending you for that. Did anybody give expecting to receive something back with some interest on it on Sunday? <laughs> no. Okay. You weren't expecting to receive. You, this wasn't an investment like, okay, I'm going to give this. I, I trust in this stock right here, so I'm going to pour into this, and I know I'm going to get something back in, in interest. No, we weren't putting our hope in anything that we can get back in this world. We were looking ahead. Church, that is commendable. That's not an easy thing to do. It is by the Spirit of God that we were able to do so, and it was with eager and willing hearts that we got to do so. Church, you have chosen to sow into heaven and reap the reward there. And let me tell you what that does, the effect that it has. It frees you. When you choose to reap and to, to sow into heaven, it frees you from the bonds of this world. You are showing that you are eternally focused on the kingdom of God. Amen. When we approach the work of the kingdom with eager and willing hearts, there is a joyous pride that wells up inside of us because of the privilege of being a part of the work. Yeah. Was that true about you on Sunday? Yeah. Did you feel the pride? But not that you had to, but you got to sow into the kingdom. That is the joy and willingness that we saw on Sunday. So we're commenting on it. Remember, this is a recap about your actions on Sunday. Free will offerings are freeing us in this body. They are creating an eagerness and a willingness to, to participate in the work of God. Praise the Lord, saints, and let us be thankful that we can participate in his work. Amen. We're going to go back to 2 Corinthians 8, and y'all can keep your finger there because we're going to keep coming back. We're going to pick up in verse 4. We already read it, but we're going to reiterate. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this verse, uh, in this service to the saints. Guys, some translations say that they begged for the privilege. They begged for the opportunity to share in the work. Yeah. That and, is what we saw on Sunday. And so, y'all know that you begged to participate in the work. Yeah. Hey, Pastor, when, uh, how can I help you do this? Hey, when can we join and do that? When's the next move? When's the next uh, 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 building project? You are eagerly looking to sow into the kingdom. You're eagerly looking to do what Paul is talking about. 
And Sunday, we were blessed with the privilege, with the opportunity to do just that. And we're so proud of your hearts in that matter. How good does it feel when you are begging, when you are striving, you're urgently asking to be a part, and somebody says, yes, I want you to join me in that. That's something we're taking pride over. Look, there's a holy pride, a boasting that rose up inside of you because of this glorious privilege of giving, because you got to join in the work with your leaders. Look, this wasn't something that, that just happened overnight. This was developed, and we see it, and we got to emulate that. Zechariah 6 inclines our ears and our hearts to just how special it is to join in the work. Yeah, this is special, church. Y'all know us. You, you know your pastors. That's not some giving campaign. We don't do that. What we're being doing, we're being presented with the opportunity that says, hey, do you want to participate in the work of God? Do you want to build the kingdom of God on the earth? Do you want to change what you see around you? That opportunity is being extended to us. And what you did Sunday is that you forcefully, you reached out and you took it. You've been doing that continually over and over again. And it gives us joy and thankfulness that we get to do that. In Zechariah uh, 6, 12, you might remember this from last Sunday. And say to him, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, the man whose name is the branch. For he shall bear, he shall branch out from his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. It is he who shall build the temple of the Lord, and shall bear, shall bear royal honor, and shall sit and rule on his throne. See, this verse is referring to the Messiah. But you know at that time, because we've been talking a lot about Zechariah, a lot about Haggai, and a lot about Ezra, right? You know at the time that Zerubbabel and uh, Jeshua were functioning as leaders for the, for the, the people. One was a king, one was a priest, but they were functioning together. So this is giving us a shadow and type of of, uh, the Messiah. But what we saw in this verse as we continue in verse 15 is this. And those who are far off. Paul, say far off. Far off. Somebody in that that East accent. Far off. Far off. (laughs) Those who are far off shall come and help to build the temple of the Lord. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and this shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Church, what we saw that impacted us about about this scripture and your actions is that we get to build the kingdom with the Messiah. And if we slow down and really think about that, the fact that you get to help Jesus, you get to help help the Father build the temple on earth is something that is special. When we walk into eternity, we can say, hey, I got to help build what we see now. Amen. That, we're not talking about some carnal building project as much as we love structures, as much as we love building. Church, you get to help the Lord build his temple by what you choose to give, by the life that you choose to live right now and here. And that is a special thing. That fills every day with purpose. That allows you to live in purpose and in joy and in thankfulness because the works that you're doing are not fruitless. The kingdom is being established every time you obey what the Lord is telling you to do. Yeah. Let's celebrate. Amen. Celebrate. Good times. Come on. <laughs> We're not talking about taking pride in what you personally did. We're talking about taking pride in that you got to join in the work. Come on. We're talking about taking pride in that when you see the completion, you can know that you were very much a part of it. I'm going to tell you right now. I gave. And when I looked around and I saw how my brothers were giving, I was spurred on to love and good deeds. I was spurred on to give even more. That's what this looks like. That's what we're talking about. We're prideful and we're boasting in the work that we're getting to join in. Yeah. Not in that what we did personally. Look, you know who demonstrates this great? It tied the get tight. Ain't that right, JJ? It tied the, the get right, as we like to call them. It tied the get right. Second Samuel 15 in verse 19, we're going to read through 22. Guys, this is amazing. This is us. So as you're reading this, insert yourself into the passage. <laughs> then the king said to Ittai the Gittite, Why do you also go with us? Go back and stay with the king, for you are a foreigner and also an exile from your home. You came only yesterday, and shall I today make you wander about with us? Since I go, since I, go I know not where. Go back and take your brothers with you, and may the Lord show you steadfast love and faithfulness. But Ittai answered the king, As the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, 
Wherever my lord the king shall be, whether for death or for life, there also will your servant be. And David said to Ittai, Go then, pass on, march on. So Ittai the Gittite passed on with all his men and all the little ones who were with him. Church, imagine being asked this question where we started off in verse 19. Why do you go along with us? What would you feel in that moment? Why am I being questioned? I want to. No, it's good that we're tested. When we're talking about kingdom work, it's good that, we're, that our motives are tested in what we're doing. Guys, this is going to be hard. That's what David was telling him. This is going to be difficult. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to join in this labor? It's right to be tested and approved when we're talking about being sold out for the kingdom. Amen. And church, you demonstrated that you do want to be tested and approved, Amen. and you do want to join in the work. Look, he had that not loving my own life as to shrink from death kind of attitude. And that's what we see in this body. Do y'all realize that Ittai was an enemy of Israel at one point? Look, we can't say for sure, but it's very possible that Ittai was standing across from David when David took down their champion Goliath and then cut his head off. Ittai the Gittite was from Gath. Goliath was from Gath. He was once an enemy. And now he's joined with the king in his work, and he's a commander in his army. See, when being questioned by David, why do you go with us? There was nothing that can dissuade him, not even the king himself. He had tenacious pride in the privilege of joining in the king's cause. So compare that to what we're talking about now. Hey, if you do that, you know, you're going to be broke for the rest of the week or the rest of the month or for the rest of your life. Hey, if you do that, you're not going to have the things that you need. Hey, why do you choose to live with somebody? Why don't you have your own house? Why don't you do this? Hey, I choose to follow the king. If that's where David is going, and if that's where Jesus is, if that's where his people are, then that's where I'm going to be. Amen. We get to take pride in that. I'm not ashamed of the life that I live. I'm not ashamed of my family in this place, Pastor Nick. We get to follow the king, and we get to do it together, and that is something that we can take pride in. I was proud that I didn't have money for lunch this week. You know why? Because I got to sow into the kingdom. <laughs> See, y'all say this with me and say it like you got some free will. Say free will. Free will, free will is freeing us in this place. We are proud that we can even participate in the building of the kingdom and we consider it the highest privilege of our lives. Praise the Lord, saints, and let us be thankful yes. for the privilege of giving our lives for heaven's cause. Amen. With everything that we've been talking to you about tonight, this is an important part of the process. Praise God through the process. Let's pick back up in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 5, and we're going to read just verse 5. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Come on, Pastor. Guys, I love Paul's honesty here that he was caught off guard. He said, that's not what we expected. Well, I mean, we knew that you were going to give, but we didn't realize that your attitude was going to be a praiseworthy kind of attitude. And this is first to the Lord, then it's for you. That understanding that you had, church, that what you're doing and you're giving is first to the Lord and then to his work. He highlights that their giving was first unto the Lord and then to the saints. So we've been gifted the privilege on speaking on behalf of our leadership. They see and they rejoice in the fact that your giving was, the, was first to the Lord and then to this body. Look, we've talked with the pastors. They are rejoicing over the work that you did, church, that you as the body of LCM joined in this work. We, we praise God through the process of freely giving ourselves to the kingdom work by doing it unto him and not because we're trying to cover, curry favor with our leaders. Church, when we have that kind of attitude that we're praising God as we're giving, there's nothing that's going to stop what the Lord will do with that. Yeah, yeah there's a certain kind of maturity that's growing in this body. When we're doing something, we're saying, hey, this is because it's right. And I'm thankful that my pastor showed me, but you know what? I'm doing this because it is right. I'm doing it because I love the Lord and because he is worthy of everything that I have. Church, we are growing in everything. Amen. We're growing in our giving. We're growing in our maturity. We're growing in our leadership in our homes. The Lord is making sure that this body is pleasing in his sight. Amen. Picking up in verse 6. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, 
to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. See, the Lord is showing us here that it's a process. And it didn't start yesterday. It didn't start Sunday. The Lord has been perfecting our priesthood. He's been tuning us up so that we can then function in the kingdom as we were always supposed to. He's making sure it's right in faith. He's making sure it's right in speech. And he's making sure it's right in the grace of giving. See, the Lord is not content that his people would go unperfected. The Lord is choosing every area to perfect us. Say Eureka. Eureka! The Lord has showed us another way to be perfected in his house. Amen. Now as we get into this next scripture, I need you to do, do me a favor, do something with me. Don't let your familiarity with this scripture rob you of the beauty of seeing how it's being lived out amongst you. It's one thing to agree with scripture. It's another thing to really want scripture to happen. And it's completely a different thing to be living out scripture in a way that we can see it in our current day. So we're beginning to experience these scriptures in an entirely new way. Go with us to Acts 2, picking up in verse 44. Say free will as you go. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That is what God is doing in his his church. He's adding to our number. One intended and unintended benefit of a day like Sunday and what the saints were doing also in their day is that as a result of giving, our kingdom life has been invigorated and enlivened because we get to depend on each other more. Hey, what if they broke bread in their homes because that house had the bread that day? And maybe that house had the wine that day. They're getting to experience fellowship in a completely new and enlivened way, and that is God's blessing. That's not a a detriment to giving. That is God's gift to the church that as they are participating in the kingdom, he is giving them sweet fellowship all around, and that's the same kind of fellowship that we've been experiencing. Church, last night I got together with my brother at 10 o'clock at night to start on this word. Pastor Wade gave me his dinner. (laughs) He gave me his burger and sweet potato for dinner, and it was the best burger I ever ate. Better than Beck's burgers. Looking around like, what are we going to eat tonight? And Pastor Wade had it handled. That's the joy of giving all. That's the joy of pouring out. Guys, all day long I'm going, laboring. This is what we're doing. All day long we're going, we're laboring, and we get to share in this joy of doing it together as one and partaking in each other's needs. Look, in, in uh, Acts 2, right before these events that we read about in, in verse 44, Peter was preaching to the people to repent. He didn't say, hey, everybody, come on. Look, this is our goal. This is our mission, and we need you to give to this. No, he preached to them, repent, for the kingdom is near. Every single one of you be baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this was the result. This was the response. As they obeyed to that first, then they were able to join in the giving and they did it willingly willingly and eagerly. And they were doing it with praise on their lips. They were praising God and they were enjoying the favor of all the people. Guys, once when one of us receives favor, when we are blessed by God, we all receive that favor. We all share in that blessing. And they were multiplied. More was added. You would think that as they're giving more and they're pouring themselves out more that they might whittle down. But no, that attitude was multiplied. The people multiplied and grew. And we're seeing that in this body. Look, we're going to take a brief aside. And we're going to go to verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 8. Not because we have to, but because we want to. And it's the word. It's the word. And we can because we got the mics. True. Verse 8 says, I am not commanding you. Church, did you feel commanded to do something on Sunday? It was willing. It was eager, your response. He said, I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, 
so that through his poverty you might become rich. Look, as was previously stated, it's good to be tested in the attitude of our giving. We're talking about Jesus Christ and how he made himself nothing by coming down from heaven to earth and serving those that were around him, giving his very life. That's what's being demonstrated to us. That's what's made it all the way to us this day, and that's what we see demonstrated in our leadership. Yeah. It's right to be tested in the attitude of your giving. Did you appreciate the, the opportunity to really examine what your priorities were? Yeah. Did you, do you appreciate the, the opportunity to take an intense look at what you actually value? I know we did, and we're thankful for it. <clears throat> In this scripture, Jesus Christ lowered himself, made himself poor, so that men would become rich in him. Church, <clears throat> we're only doing what we've seen in our leaders. Yeah. Men could have been superintendents. Men could have... Uh, ran electrical uh, uh, service companies, men could have owned businesses, but they made themselves poor and they made themselves uh, uh, a need so that we might fulfill the kingdom work in our lives. Amen. Can, you, can you engage with that? Yeah. You, this is not a, 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 a mega church. You know your leaders. <laughs> you know their abilities and their aptitude. You know what they could have done, and yet they make themselves poor, not just to, when they started the work, they make themselves poor to this very day so that the work will continue in our lives. So we're going to do something. We're going to turn to Hebrews 13 and pick up in verse 7. We might get in trouble right here, but it's all right. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Church, we're remembering our leaders, but we're also looking at their lives right now and seeing what they're doing. We can look at their lives and see what it means to give all for the kingdom, to open their homes, to sacrifice time with their families, things that they might want to do to build the kingdom of God on the earth. So we're going to do something. Like I said, I'm going to get in trouble. Stand up. Stand up and praise the Lord for the leaders that he has given you. Let me hear a giant hallelujah. We learn from Jewish writings. Okay, you can sit down. We learn from Jewish writings that your father brings you into this world, but your rabbi teaches you how to inherit the world to come. Yeah. So we're thankful, not that these men can teach us academically. We're thankful that we can learn by their lives how to walk, how to lay down the world, how to walk away from the world, to make yourself poor so that the kingdom might be established in others' lives. Yeah. Verse 17 says, obey your leaders and submit to them. This is the word of God, and it is true. For they are keeping watch over you, watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For that would not be of advantage to who? To you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. I'm so thankful that my pastors gave me that opportunity on Sunday. That the sacrifices that they've been doing all their lives and doing it with joy, they gave us the opportunity to join with the men. And that I was thankful for the opportunity that we had. Amen. What would your life look like without the men that God gave you to lead you? Take a minute to think about that. Yeah. Our pastors unashamedly and audaciously love the Lord their God. Amen. And they have given all and will give all. To, to continue to complete the work. And they are showing us, they're teaching us how to do the very same things. And for that, we are grateful. We are thankful. We give praise to God for the body that he has put us in. We are not ashamed. Amen. Like the prophets of old, like the men of faith of the past, our pastors unabashedly allowed us to join in the work. They called on us to join in that work. We started with one man. This church was started with one man that grew to one family so that an entire nation will be impacted and transformed. Guys, we are seeing that happen. We're seeing it happen at a rapid rate, at a daily rate. It is a privilege and an honor to join the work with these men as they lead us into maturity and the works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Guys, it's almost as if the Lord has given us the gift of the fivefold so that we can be built up as the body and prepared for our works of service. Do you see that? 
I don't see the pastors meddling their ministry. I see them helping build my ministry, helping build my brother Justin's ministry, helping build every other family's ministry in this room. That's why it's called life-changing ministries. Guys, we should take pride in that. We should praise God for that, that we are privileged to be a part of it. Free will offerings are freeing us in this place. We're not just doing it, LCM. We're doing it with joy and praise that we get to do it. So let me hear a shout of hallelujah. Picking back up in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 10. And here's my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Church, you went beyond the obligatory this past Sunday, and that is worth commending. See, we're not worried about the things that God has not told us to do. We're not responsible for that. We're responsible to do what God has told us to do. We were joking Sunday talking about, talking about these concepts and the fact that we will, we will get to the place where we will have no shame when we get into eternity and look at men like Isaiah and look at men like Jeremiah and, and Ezekiel. And the brother said, hey, well, I hadn't, you know, ate my food over cow excrement yet or laid on my side for, for a period of time. Well, yeah, because he hadn't told you to do that. Now, if he's told you to do it, get to it. But what you can take pride in is what has the Lord given you to do? What did he speak to you? And as we do that, as we do what the Lord has spoken to us to do, we can know that we can stand with confidence when we enter heaven's gates. Your enthusiasm and motivation this past Sunday, it's worth commending. As we transition into an, an attorney, eternity kind of knowledge, an eternity kind of thinking, it's worth commending the fact that you put your mind and your eyes on eternity and not on what's before you. Amen. We are accomplishing the specific God-ordained task that he gave us. So we're going to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and pick up in verse 11. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Come on. Yet, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Look, plain and simple, there is, nothing, there is nothing better than this way of life. Come on. God has opened up our eyes and our hearts to see the eternal picture. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. That God has adjusted our focus so that we can see what's far out, but he's also showing us what we're doing right now, what's right in front of us. There's nothing better than having our lives focused on eternity's cause and showing it by what, our, by what we pour our resources and our very blood into. We're going to have to slow down and engage with that. Do you remember what it was like to only be able to see what was right in front of you? To live paycheck to paycheck? To only get to the next high, the next uh, uh, enjoyment, the next entertainment that you could have? Do you remember how empty that was? Because yeah. we do. I know you do. God has given us the gift of setting our gaze on something that is beyond what we can see. He's given us the gift, and he has put eternity in your heart so that you might go after it and find out what he has for you to do in this life. And that is praiseworthy. We praise God that he puts eternity into our hearts, and then he gives us the ability to run after him with all we have, to run after him with our resources, to run after him with the, the gifts that he's given us, the spiritual gifts. He has given us the ability to actually perceive of heaven while we're here in this day. And that deserves joy. That deserves thankfulness and gratefulness, and he is producing that in us. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews 12, verse 22, and we're going to read through 24. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, you have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Church Abraham 
And you can read this in Hebrews 11.10. Abraham left what he could see. He left the, the comforts of a family inheritance. He left the entire family. He left his home. He left everything to find something that he could not see. The word says that he was looking for a better home. He was a stranger in this world, and he was passing through to get to a better home. And Abraham found it. And by what he has done through Israel, we are finding that same home. We're not looking for the things of this world. This is not our stopping point. We're, we're looking for a better home that is behind what we can see towards eternity. And God is showing us how to get there. And for that, we say, thank you, mighty God. Amen. We praise you, mighty God, for giving us this gift. He is adjusting our focus to see the, big, the bigger picture other than what's right in front of us. We are learning how to honor the Lord with everything that we have. We get the chance. We get the opportunity to stand in heaven unashamed. Do you, you think about that at all? What it would be like to stand before the angels unashamed. Not because you got everything right, but because the things that the Lord put in front of you, you gave it to him. You gave him that act of obedience. You gave him whatever was required of you in that moment. Therefore, you can stand unashamed in heaven. That is a gift that he has given us now. He's putting us in positions where we can sow into him, where we can obey him, and we can stand in heaven unashamed, church. That is special. That is a gift from our Father. And I want to tell you, everyone under the sound of my voice, everyone who is in there can do that. Amen. You have the chance. You have the opportunity. You have the right, the privilege to give of your life and stand in heaven with your Father. To approach him with boldness and with confidence. Our longing to see the kingdom established in our lives and in this day, it's beginning to supersede the need for temporary comforts. Yeah. And we say praise God to that and thank you for perfecting us, Father. Saints, we're getting stirred up. We're getting motivated and we're getting enthusiastic about joining in this work continually. What we're saying up here tonight is that you didn't do enough. We're saying that you went beyond the obligatory. Yeah. You did exactly what the word says, and you did it with joyful, willing hearts, and we get to continue to do that. Guys, that's what it's like when God rewets our appetite, and he gives us vision into eternity to see what he's going to be continuing to do and what he's allowing us to partake in building. Y'all stand up with us as we go to Acts chapter 4 and verse 32. We're sharing these things with you tonight because you're actually doing them. This is the word that we've been reading to you, and you are walking the word out with diligence, with joy, with eagerness, and we are proud of you. We're proud to be a part of you. We're proud to be spurred on by you. Look, if you're standing in here tonight and you don't feel that, you get to. You get to join to. You don't have to. You get to. That is a privilege. Acts chapter 2, 4 and verse 32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but, that, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Church, what chapter is this? What does it sound like? Y'all can say it louder. You're right. Chapter 2. I'm trying to trick you. This isn't a repeat. This is them doing it again. This isn't them just repeating what happened in chapter 2. This is them doing it again in chapter 4. Read through the book of Acts. They continue to do this. Look, who had the privilege of giving? The people, right? The people came and laid down their possessions and what they had. Who had the privilege of determining where the proceeds would go? The apostles. Isn't it amazing that you get to give and you don't get to choose where it's going to? Amen. <laughs> Praise God for it. I can guarantee you I would mess that up. I have messed it up, so I know I would. Praise God that it's not determined by me. That God has ordained leaders in this body. We are praising him for it. We are enthused to do it again and again because we see what it produces. We see what it produced in the first century, and we're seeing what it's producing in this body. We're going to close in Ezra chapter 6. 
Same passage we started with the same attitude we started a couple verses down. So the Israelites who had returned from exile ate it together with all those who had separated themselves from the unclean practices of their Gentile neighbors in order to seek, seek the Lord, the God of Israel. For seven days, they celebrated with joy. I'm going to say it again because we're going we're gonna to live in an attitude. For seven days, they celebrated with joy. The festival of unleavened bread because the Lord had filled them with joy by changing the attitude of the king of Assyria so that he assisted them with the work in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. Well, he changed the attitude of the king of Assyria then, but he's changing our attitudes right now. And not just for the night. You showed up joyful and radiant and thankful. And you know what? We're going to learn, and the Lord is going to teach us to live in that thankfulness. He's going to teach us to live in that praise that we get to sow into the kingdom, that we get to give of our lives to see heaven's cause advance, right? Church, we have the joy that Gentiles are coming far off, starting with us. We have the joy that we get to participate in the work. And we have the joy of getting to participate in the promises of God's chosen people, Israel. This joy was from the Lord, and they were filled with the joy of the Lord, and that was their strength. Amen. The same is true of you. Amen. You don't need the Lord to be your strength. The Lord is your strength. You have the joy of the Lord because you have been given of yourselves. Church, you overcame the thoughts of what if. Come on. Fill in the blank of whatever it was. And because of that, you are currently experiencing the kingdom in an entirely different way. As a collective body, you stepped out into the best form of obedience possible, a willing and joyful obedience. As members of this body, we want to say that you are the finest believers that we've ever known, and we get to serve alongside you Amen. and sacrifice with you. We will march into eternity with our heads held high, knowing that we gave everything for the building of God's kingdom. As we get into worship, my brother Paul is going to pray for us. He's going to light us up. And how we're going to worship? We're going to worship with thankfulness that we get to build the kingdom. And it doesn't stop right now. We get to walk into heaven's doors with pride and with thankfulness and with gratefulness because of what he has done. We're laying down all sorrow. We're laying down the things that hinder us from doing the work of God. So if you come down to this altar, let it be because you are joyfully thanking God that you get to participate and run headlong into his kingdom. Mighty God, we praise your holy name, Lord. You helped us to overcome, and you will continue to help us overcome those thoughts of what if. God, it is because of what you're doing inside of us. It's because of your spirit and the joy that you have filled us with that we were able to give, and we get to continue to give in this work. God, we are radiating with joy. We love you. We love this body. We love the work that you have given us. God, would you continue to invigorate our soul, Lord, that you would stir us up to do it again and again, Lord, that we would do it here, that we would go out to the ends of the earth and continue to do it, Lord. We love you, and we praise your holy name.